Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Joining us for the first time or the first time in a while, just let you know we are wrapping up the series, the I Am series. You can find all of these on our YouTube page, and, uh, and you can also, if you dedicate a lot of time, you can also watch last night's service, um, which happened over at Wissahickon, so you can check that out as well. As Pastor Charlie was talking about, he, uh, you know, he started, he started, and this morning he finished, and so, um, but God, God is using it, God is using it, and I thank God for it, and so, um, but here we are, we're going to be in John chapter 11, and so if you're going to be taking notes, you're going to want to go ahead and uh, grab your Bible, grab something to write with, John chapter 11, John chapter 11, we're going to pick it up in the 17th verse, and we're going to check out about 10 verses, 17 through 27, and this is the story, as many of you will know and be familiar with, this is the story where Lazarus has died. Right, and so Lazarus has died, and his his, uh, his sisters are bringing that to the attention of Jesus. And we're gonna we're gonna check that out in just in just a moment. And so, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn here, John chapter eleven, starting in the seventeenth verse. Let me hear Amen if somebody gets there with me. All right, if you're just looking at the screen, you can all say Amen. That means you're ready. That's good. That's good. If you're following along at home, you can let Pastor Ricky or Stephen know that you're following along and say Amen on there. Here's what the word says. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. For how long? Come on, somebody, for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to, had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Father, we've heard and come to understand you as the bread of life. We've come to understand you as the light of the world. We've come to understand that you are the door or the gate. And God, we know you as the good shepherd. I pray, Lord God. This morning, we would meet you as the resurrection and the life. Jesus, be densely present in this place. We pray in your name. Amen. Y'all know what these are? That's right. Jenga blocks, right? Anybody here ever played Jenga? 
you, know, you stack the tower up and you pull them out and they all fall down. How many people are awful at that game? Like you just knock it down all the time. You're just the one. You know when you're, you play, you're going to lose. My kids always want to play me in Jenga because I'm so bad. Like I'm like, they all fall down, right? It is pretty true. I'm actually pretty bad at it, Nate. But, uh, but today I'm using these in a little bit of a different way. Today I'm stacking them on end. Now it would be really hard to try to build a tower stacking them up, wouldn't it? Can you imagine if I tried to build a tower just stacking them all up on top of each other? That would be crazy. But y'all can kind of see what I'm doing. You know right now what I'm doing, don't you? Who knows what I'm doing? What am I doing, Isaiah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Because see, at the church, for some reason, we didn't have dominoes. So this illustration is meant to have with dominoes, but we didn't have any. So we improvised, you know. I don't know if it's going to work, but we're going to try it. So I'm going to just kind of keep stacking these while we go this morning. And you can imagine what will happen if I move wrong or something, right? Kind of picture it. You're like, whoa, don't do it. Dad, don't knock them over. But you can kind of follow that along as we go. You know, the crazy part about stacking these things is that these are all just getting stacked up for one purpose. What's going to happen in a minute? They're all going to fall down. It's kind of like when you play Jenga too, isn't it, right? You ever play Jenga and you kind of build the tower and then you pull them out and they all fall down? You're like, oh, that's disappointing, right? Because you know if you want to play again, you got to build the tower again, right? That's kind of crazy, right? We're not going to do that this morning, but <clears throat> just stacking these up. You can kind of picture how this goes. Pastor Scott, I'm sorry if you trip on one of these later. I'll try to pick them all up. Oh, um, y'all saw that? Y'all saw that? Y'all saw it at home too, I bet, right? Almost. That was almost a dangerous moment. All right. I'm sorry I'm not faster at this, but I think, I think the table's the right side. Now, if I was really creative, I might make one that like swirls or something, right? But I think it might, might not work, and I, the illustration would be awful. All right, I'm out of room. Let's just imagine these ones aren't here, okay? Cool. <laughs> well done. Come on, ce celebrate this. Come on. You did not know your pastor had the skills to read scripture, begin to preach, and build a domino or Jenga fall all at the same time. Now, the object of this is to make them all what? To make them all knock each other over. So come on, somebody, tell them to fall. Fall. Do it. You can do it. I believe. I believe you can fall right now. Fall. All right. All right. That didn't work. That didn't work. All right. Here's what I want you to do. Let's all just think about them falling. Let's all just imagine them falling right now. Let's all just imagine them falling. Ready? On the count of three, we're all going to imagine them falling at the same time. You picture to be as fun as you want. Ready? One, two, three. There's something not working here. There's something wrong with this. So in the story we were reading this morning, um, Lazarus has died, and Mary and Martha are in the midst of mourning their death. Let me give you a little bit of cultural background, right? So in the Jewish tradition... When somebody dies, they were buried the same day. This is really important. So when somebody died, they were buried that same exact day. 
So we know that uh, Lazarus has been dead for how many days? Four days. Then when was he buried? Four days ago, right? He was, he was buried the day that he died. So four days ago, right? And so, uh, so, so he, is, he is fully dead, fully entombed. He is wrapped in all the, all the burial garb that he would wear, and he is, he, he is he's dead. We also know, based on Jewish tradition, that the family would spend seven days on the floor in their house. They would spend seven days seated on the floor in their house. They would do nothing except what was absolutely necessary. You know, understand that one, understand what I'm saying? Like, you got to get up and go to the restroom and things like that. But outside of that, the immediate family would do nothing. All friends and extended family would, do, would provide all the care for them for the entire week. And this process was such so that the family could mourn their loss, okay? Then, after the first week was over and the, the, the heavy mourning ended, then the family would commit to one year, to one year of joy-free living. To one year of, of, of excusing themselves from common pleasures, whatever it was that kind of filled their life prior to that point with joy, they would excuse themselves from that for a full year so that they could mourn. That is what's going on in Mary and Martha's world right here in this story. They are beginning this process. They're four days into seven days of seated on the floor mourning, recognizing they have an entire year ahead of them that is literally going to be filled with, uh, with, with, with joy-free living. So if you understand that, then you can understand a little bit more of the significance that we see in the story when Martha comes running to Jesus. Because when Martha comes running to Jesus, she's not only, uh, she's not only running to Jesus for help, but she's running away from cultural norms. She's stepping away from the things that naturally would have been a part of her identity and her identifier, and she's leaning into Jesus for something else. So we'll understand that and unpack that in a minute. Now, in order to understand the rest of the sermon this morning, we've got to do some language or some linguistic work. So let's all get ready. We're going to study Hebrew first, and then we'll study a little bit of Greek, okay? Can we do that together? Y'all were about as loud as the people online. That's good. That's good. All right. So here we go. We're going to start. We're going to start with our with our uh, Hebrew. And so if you were to open your Bibles right now and you were to go to Exodus chapter three and you were to look in the 14th verse, you would see a very familiar scripture where God says to Moses, I am who I come on, somebody. I am who I am. That's what he says. I am who I am. Moses is having this conversation with God. He says, God, how do I tell the people that I was just with you? Who do I tell them gave me the instruction? And God says, well, I am who I am. Well, in the Hebrew language, what God actually says would, e ye asher e ye e ye asher e ye Come on, say that with me. e ye asher e ye All right, let's do it one more time. e ye asher e ye all right, so what he said is, I am who I am. But actually, more closely translated, he says, I am becoming who I am becoming. I am becoming 
who I am becoming. That's literally, in the most literal sense, when God was talking to Moses, he says, I am becoming who I am becoming. I am who I am. Today, we, we say things like, it is what it is, right? Like, this is this. It's just how it is. And God is saying that to Moses, I am becoming who I am becoming, or I am who I am, right? Now, Jesus picks this up in the passage we were reading this morning in, uh, in John chapter 11, and he says in verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. So in, in Greek, which is what the New Testament was written in, that's ergo ime, ergo ime. So let's try that together. Ergo ime, ergo ime. Can somebody say that? That's great. It's great. I don't, you're behind a mask. I couldn't even tell if you said it right. It's great. Perfect. But what that literally means, what that literally means, if you were to go ahead and write in your Bible, this is the literal translation that he says, I am indeed who I am. I am indeed who I am. Or another way of saying it is that indeed I am. So Jesus is emphatically speaking here when he says this. He doesn't just casually say, you know, I am the resurrection of life. He says, indeed, I am. Indeed, like definitely, absolutely, without a doubt, definitively speaking, this is who I am. These Jenga blocks were set up for a purpose. What's the purpose of them? To fall down. That is who you are. That's what you were made for. Would you just do what you're supposed to do? For whatever reason, these blocks just do not understand that this is indeed who they are. This morning, there's three points I want us to get our minds around around this passage, where Jesus talks about being the resurrection and the life. And the first point this morning, if you're going to take some notes or try to remember this, it's the certainty of life is not death. It is resurrection in Jesus. The certainty of life, I don't know, are these going to make it up on the screen? The certainty of life is not death, thank you, David, is not death, it is the resurrection in Jesus. You know, like, from the time you were the littlest, the littlest, 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 you understood some things. You understood, like, I need air to breathe, to live, you know? I understood very early on, I need food and lots of it to enjoy life, right? Like, I understood some things. Well, here's something else I understood from a very early age. Some point you're born... And at some point you, come on, it's not morbid, this is just reality. At some point you're born, thank you, Nate, and at some point you die, right? There's a span of life. Now, when I was little, little, I probably didn't understand what that meant fully, but I knew that there were people here, and then at some point there weren't people here, right? There were people around me, and at some point there weren't people around me. At some point you're born, at some point you die. Like, that seems to be just the basic truth of life. Well, I want to say to us and suggest to us this morning that the Scripture actually points to, and we're going to turn to a bunch of scriptures to make sense of it right now, that the scripture actually suggests that the more definitive point here 
is not that at some point you're born and at some point you die. It's that you can live. It's that you can live in the resurrection of Jesus. That is the more definitive point here. So go ahead, open your Bibles. You're going to need to do this with me because I'm going to turn to a couple spots. So open your Bibles. Come on, get with me. John chapter 10. I got to do it too. I didn't even, I didn't even print the scriptures out. So John chapter 10. Turn there with me. Some of y'all might get there even before me. Let's see. Let's see. No, I got you. You didn't say amen, so I got it before you. You can say you were there, but there's no proof. You didn't say anything, Jelly. I didn't hear you. All right, so John chapter 10 in the 10th verse. John 10, 10. This is what it says. The thief comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have, come on somebody, it says that they may have life and that life might be full, abundant. I have come that they might have life and that life might be full. For sure, there is death at the end of this life. But Jesus declared that he's come that we might have life. He could turn it on its head. That we might have life and that life might be full and it might be abundant. And he's talking about the here and now. And he's talking about the not yet here and not yet now. He's talking about the present and the yet to come. He's talking about here and eternity. Jesus says, yes, death is real. But I've come that you might have life. You might have it and it might be filled with abundance, with all that God has for you, that you might be able to do what you were meant to do. Flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Come on, we're going to turn some pages this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Oh, somebody got in there before me. I see what you're doing. 517. All right, here we go. 517. This is what it says. Don't lean on the table too hard. Therefore, if anyone is in, did that come out of my mouth? It was rattling around in my brain, and it just came out through my microphone. 517, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. If anyone is in Christ, the old is gone, and the new is here. Again, Christ came that we might have life, and now this life is a new life. It is a new way of living. It is a new identity. It is a new purpose. Go ahead and flip back to John again. Go to John 14. John 14. Oh, you, you tricking me, Cadence. John 14. Are you got there, David? John 14, in the sixth verse, this is what it says. Jesus answered them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through that's right, Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the only way possible for you to enter eternal life. I am the only way possible for you to be with the Father. Jesus has, has, has flipped what we understood from the very beginning on its head. We understood that death came at the end of this life, and Jesus is actually helping us to understand that resurrection comes through Christ, that new life comes through Christ, that forever life comes through Christ, that life with the Father comes through Christ. So let me turn one more. Turn to the book of Hebrews in the fourth chapter and verse 16. That's sorry, amen is a good word for those kids to understand. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 in the 16th verse. 
I want to I give you a boldness about you today. In, uh, Hebrews chapter 4 in the 16th verse. Let us now approach God's throne of grace with confidence. This is what it says. Let us now approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. Let us have full boldness and confidence as we approach the throne of God because it is there where we find all that we need. Jesus has come that we may have life and that life may be full, that our story doesn't end with a mortal finish with, this, with, with the blood and bones, right? That, that there's something beyond this, as great as this is. And by the way, don't look past this. Because that forever life begins in this moment. It doesn't begin in the moment where you stop breathing here. It begins in the moment where you recognize who allows you to breathe here. And then from that moment forward, you're living an eternal and a promised life that is filled by the power and authority of God. And now you have access to go before the throne of God to ask for everything that you would need. Because we can go uh, confidently before God who supplies everything that we are in need of. Come on, somebody. I hope you're getting this this morning. So again, I want to say to us, the certainty of life is no longer death. It is now resurrection in Jesus. It is the thing that we can be most confident of. It is the thing that we can be most assured of. We don't have to live in doubt or confusion or worry whether or not it is. It is what it is because he is who he is. He says, I am who I am. Specifically, indeed, I am the resurrection. And yes, indeed, I am the life. And so Martha is on her way out to find Jesus because she heard Jesus was coming into town. And Jesus has just heard that Lazarus is dead for four days laying in the tomb. And Lazarus, and Jesus is now needing to respond. And Martha says, hey, Jesus I know if you would have been here, my brother would still be alive. I know you can do some of those things. I, I know you can. I know that you can do it. Just do it. Come on. Second thing this morning. Jesus is the hope and the life that we receive through the hope. Jesus, second point, Jesus is the hope and the life. And that is the life that we receive through the hope. You got that one for me, David? Jesus is the hope and the life. And that is the life that we receive through the hope. Let me make sense of that for you. John 11, in the verse 21, one of the verses we read this morning, this is what it says. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here my brother would not have died. In other words, Martha says, I know, I believe that, that, that you could have done something about this. And Jesus has a conversation back with her and says, you know, your brother will rise again. And she says, I get it. I get it like in the forever day, but I'm, I'm talking about the here and now. When she's running out to Jesus, she's got a question on her mind. The same way I might run up to you with a question on my mind. She's running to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, could you do something about my brother? Four days ago, he started to rot. Could you, could you, could you fix that? Have you ever run to Jesus and just be like, Jesus, 
could you, could you fix this? Right, you, you, whatever it was, you know, there was some situation in your life or, or you knew somebody who had a situation. You were like, Jesus, could you, could you just do what Jesus does? I don't even want to design it, just fix it. And you're kind of crying out like with a hope and yet like a, if you don't, there's no other option. Like a desperation. Martha is running away from everything that she understands in this moment from from her from her youngest days coming up she knows that her place in that moment was to be seated on the floor but the hope of being seated on the floor is just that your life would become your heart would come to a place where you could just make sense of what was going on around you running to jesus she was running with a hope that jesus could change what was going on around her she was running to Jesus, Jesus, could you, could you fix this? Could you, could you not necessarily resurrect, but maybe resuscitate, right? Could you, could you breathe life back into him? Could you, in some kind of way, just make this better? Jesus doesn't let us down, though, does he? John eleven twenty two 22 says this, says, she says, but I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. If I were trying to help us to kind of process that a little bit, I would say death has occurred, but God, dot, 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 but God. If God doesn't do something, we know what the final outcome is right here. If God doesn't do something, we know where this train is going. If God doesn't do something, we know where our train is going, amen, right? Absent of the miraculous work of God, every one of us is on a one-way path to eternal separation. Every one of us is on a one-way path to death. Every one of us has a promise ahead of us that is the absence and the void of God, more specifically, an eternal promise of hell. The only reason that that is no longer my reality and prayerfully, your reality is God. It's God. So Lazarus is laying up in a tomb, and he's dead. And Martha says, I know that God will give you what you want. Please, my brother, please. Death, but God. But God. Jesus has to respond to this, and that's what we get to. And the third thing I want us to make sense of this morning Christ's resurrection power is activated in my life through believing. Friends, every one of us is a Jenga block. We have all that we need to do exactly what we're meant to do. We have everything we need. We are, we are created for this. There was a wedding yesterday. Congratulations to Kimberly and Zachary. Got married yesterday. Yeah, it was a great occasion. It was a great occasion. I reminded them over and over again that we were made for this, to be in relationship with one another, to experience and express love to one another, and ultimately to, have that love, to allow that love to be a reflection of who God is 
in our life. We were made for this. This is what we were created for. Let me go all the way back to Genesis chapters 1 and 2 that God created and he recognized in his creation that he had created male and female so that they could embody the fullness of God and so that they could reflect the love of God and so that they could be in relationship together. This is what we were made for. Well, Jenga blocks. In this case, this is what you were made for. You were made to topple down. So do it. I'm getting tired of telling you to do it. Just fall over. Would you fall over? They're not falling over. Any Superman and Lois fans in the room? Yeah, anybody watched the last episode, the new episode of Superman and Lois? I'm going to give it away if you haven't. Superman's having this battle with a really, really strong guy, and, and, and it, it's not going well, and then Superman does this sonic clap. He goes... And like a wave of energy flows over everything. I'm going to clap and see if they fall. Nope, I'm just Clark. I'm not Superman. You were made for this. See, Christ's resurrection power is activated in my life through believing. That's my third point, David. Christ's resurrection power is activated in my life through believing. And it's activated in your life, too. In other words, everything you need in order to have forever life with Jesus is already present in you. You don't need to do something new. You don't need to become something different. You don't need to dress a certain part. You don't need to start showing up somewhere you weren't showing up before. Everything you need to experience new life and forever life in Jesus is already present in you. Look at John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. And Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's the question he throws to Martha. He says, Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe that this is who I am? Maybe this morning you need to know. Maybe you need to, to be reminded that you were made for this, that you are purposed by God. That you are saved for a, that you were created for a purpose by God. And that purpose is that you could live into the fullness of the life that God has for you. Maybe you're a standing Jenga block that's just standing here forever, standing in your part and just saying, I know I was made for something, but it just doesn't seem to be working. I'm just Standing here, I'm standing here, I'm standing here, but I'm not living into my purpose. You tell me to blow on it, I'll blow on it. That's, COVID doesn't allow me to do that, actually. <laughs> no matter how you do this, you got to understand something. While you're still standing there, while I'm still standing there, we're all trying to live our purpose. It still takes something, it takes something to initiate. It takes something to activate us. It takes something to charge us and to move us off of standing to this 
to living into the fullness of who we were created to be. And so in that case, the scripture says, do you believe? That is the moment. Belief in Jesus activates what you already have inside of you, what you were already created to be. Y'all didn't even clap for that. Come on, they fell. They did it. This is what they were made for. And God activated, well, in this case, I activated it. But, but God activates you and activates me through faith in him to begin to live into the identity and the purpose and the forever that we were made to be and we were made to live in. Friends, I got to ask you a really important question. I know that you hear it because you're sitting here and I'm loud enough you can't not hear it. But do you believe it? Do you believe that Jesus Christ desires to activate the forever life in you? Do you believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life? Do you believe that he is the resurrection and that he is the entry point into forever? Do you believe that you cannot have it except through him? Do you believe that he is the door and that through that door we have life forever? I mean, we've been talking about I am for five weeks. And now we wrap up this series by understanding or at least being challenged to understand that God desires to activate in us a new life. That God desires to activate in us a resurrected life. That God desires to take that which was dead and breathe life into it. That the same thing he did in Genesis when he created and it was laying and it was still and it had no void, it had, had no life. He breathed life into it. That, that, that is the activation that he wants to do with you, young and older. I didn't know who to point to. Young and older alike. Like God desires to activate us through faith. In Jesus Christ. If you're going to take notes, I would say this. Write these, four letter, write, write these five letters down. Y-M-F. Y-W-M-F-T. Let me say it again. Y-W-M-F-T. That's five letters, right? I got it? All right, here's what it is. And now you wrote it down. You didn't know why you wrote it down. So here's why you wrote it down. You were made for this. You were made for this. Believe that today, that through faith in Jesus Christ, you were made to have life that is full and forever, that you were made to be right with God, that you were made to be a child of God, that you were made to be an image bearer of God, that you were made to be a difference maker for God, that you were made to bear witness of God, that you were made to go into the world and declare the truths of God. You were made for this. You were made for this. You were made for this. I was driving, and I was, uh, I was in a spot I wasn't really familiar with, and it was, it was you know, like, I, I was in a rush to get somewhere where I was trying to get to, and uh, I might have been driving a little heavy on the gas, but I could see up ahead that there was, there was something blocking my road. Now, I was, my, my first thought was, you know, go heavier on the gas. My second thought was, ah, it's probably not good for insurance to slow down. So I came to a stop. There, in the middle of the road, was a family of ducks. They were just in the middle of the road. Y'all know anything about ducks? Does anybody know anything about ducks? 
They quack. That's true. They waddle. They swim. Do y'all know what else ducks do? Y'all know what else ducks do? They, they lay eggs. That's all good. They have these little things right here. You know what these are? What are they? They're wings. I have hands and arms. Ducks have wings. There's something I can't do. You know what that is? Fly. There's something ducks can do. You know what that is? Fly. I am driving a big car coming in at 60 miles an hour, and I'm coming in hot on a family of ducks. Now, it doesn't take a lot of, it doesn't, doesn't take a lot of thought here. One of us should not stay here. I'm like, ducks, move. Just get out of the way. Just, just move and don't waddle. Don't, don't just slowly move like this, right? I mean, flap those wings and go. You were made for this. You were made, you can do this. You can fly because if you don't, you're going to. Come on, somebody. Can I be honest with you as I wrap up? Some of us are ducks in a row. And we're forgetting about the fact that God has made us to be able to fly. And we, we see all the pressures of life coming in as hot, 60 miles an hour. And we think we can just lazily walk across the road. You were made for this. Today, believe that he is the resurrection. Today, believe that he is the life. And go from this place with full confidence, flapping your wings and flying in the ways that only God can allow you to because you were made for this. No longer do the dangers of life come after you. You were made for this. You don't have to stand there and risk your life in the middle of the road. You were made for this. Get out of the way. Go after the Father. Go through the Son. It is the only option. You were made for this. God has activated you. You can now live into your purpose to the fullness of who you are. So Jesus looks at Martha and asks them the same question I end with this morning. Do you believe this? Let's pray together. Father God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would help us to understand what we were made for. We were made to have life with you and that that life was full and it was right. God, we were made for purpose and identity with you, but God, we were made to be resurrected, to enter into forever. And God, not just resurrected on the last day, we were made that our lives would be resurrected here, today, and now. So God, activate that in us through our faith and trust in you. We believe, God, we believe what we've been hearing for the last five weeks. We believe that this is who you are, that ergo eme, that this is who you are, that I am who I am. So, God, we believe that. Indeed you are. Indeed you are the way, the truth, and the life. Indeed you are the gate and the door. Indeed you are the resurrection and the life. Indeed you are, God. And as we believe that, then, Father, allow us to live this day forward with purpose and confidence as we come before you and as we seek to bear witness of you in every situation we're in. And as we do that, like ducks, we'll fly. We'll fly. We'll fly. God, would you activate in us through faith the fullness of who we are. 
Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing this closing song together. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.